So the Apostle Paul, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20, says that the church is to be built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. That means the church is to be built upon the scriptures. The scriptures are rock-solid, unchanging, perfect truth from God. And when a church builds itself on the scriptures, that church will be strong. Strong. I love that thought. So how can Grace Church build ourselves more firmly on the scriptures? How can we do that? And the most important step we can take is to encourage every one of us to be studying the scriptures on our own. It can be helpful to read Christian books, devotional books, lots of good Christian books around. That can be helpful. It also is important to be here Friday mornings. We will be teaching from the Word of God every Friday morning. That will strengthen us. But the most important step that we can take as a church is to be strengthening each of us so that each of us are studying the Scriptures for ourselves. Because the stronger you are in the Scriptures, the stronger we will be in the Scriptures. That is the most important step. Now Think about it like this. How strong would a building be if 90% of the building was built upon the foundation and 10% was hanging off the side? Or how strong would a building be if 50% of the building was on the foundation and 50% was hanging off the side? How strong would a building be if 10% of the building was on the foundation and 90% was off on the side? Do you see the problem? And so that's why we are working on how to strengthen each of us in our ability, our confidence, our skill, our understanding of how to study the Bible for ourselves. We're taking a few weeks to work on this. So here's what we've done. There's a blue sheet that was on your seat this morning. We passed these out last week as well. There's lots of good approaches for how to do inductive Bible study. That's what we're, we're pursuing here. There's lots of helpful approaches and what the elders and steering team worked on last fall was to try to pull the best of those approaches and put them together in a simple but powerful step-by-step approach to studying any passage of scripture. This should help you with any passage you open up in the scripture so that you can understand what's going on in the passage, what the author's main point is, what he's arguing for, so that you can figure out the passage. Then last Friday, I used that blue sheet and I, and to walk us through Psalm chapter 1 to give you a, a, a demonstration of how that works with a six-verse passage. Then this last week, Pastor Ben and I have visited the home groups and we used that blue sheet to walk us through a study of 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. What a powerful passage that has been for us this week. This morning, I'm going to use this blue sheet again to walk us through 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 17, so that you'll see again how this works. And then next Friday, we're starting a new sermon series on the book of 1 Peter. And we're going to walk through the book of 1 Peter together. Now, we have done book studies before here at Grace Church many times. We love book studies, but this one we're going to do different. In the past, the home groups would talk about the sermon after it was preached, they would look at the passage the week after it was preached and discuss it and apply it. So first there was the sermon on Friday and then the home groups discussed it later. We're going to switch that. 
So that now the home groups are going to start with the passage during the week before the sermon, and then the coming Friday, then the sermon will be on that passage. So the home groups will study it before, and then on Friday the sermon will be preached. And we believe that that's going to help us grow in our knowledge of the scriptures even more as we're studying the passage before the sermon, and it's going to strengthen our confidence and our ability to study the scriptures. And all this is going to result in us being built all the more strongly as a church upon the word of God. That's where we're going. That's our goal. So this morning, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 17, using that how to study the Bible blue sheet there. Now let me just walk you through. I'm not going to go into as much detail on some of these as I did last week. If you weren't here last week, go online. You can listen to it. Let me just walk us through what this sheet says. First step is to pray for wisdom and revelation. Take time to pray and ask God, teach me your word. Teach me the scriptures. Help me to understand what Paul is saying in this passage and help me to feel deeply. Give me a heart revelation of the truth of this passage. And see, when you pray and ask God to teach you the scriptures, he will. He will show you what's there. He doesn't teach us this passage by whispering in our ear what the passage is about. He does it by showing us what's in the passage, what Paul actually wrote, what Moses actually wrote. And when we pray and say, teach me your word, he will teach us his word. So I would encourage every one of you, when you open up the scriptures and start to study, begin by asking God, help me, teach me, stir me. He will answer. Second step on that blue sheet understand the author's main point and how he persuades us of that main point. This has been so helpful for me to see that when, when an author writes, he, every author writes, that every section of scripture, there's a main point and then everything else in that passage either explains the main point or gives reasons for that main point. But that's the whole passage. Main point, reasons for the main point, explanation of the main point. And this is crucial to understand because too often when we read through the scriptures, we just treat each statement or each verse as kind of a separate entity with no connection to what came before or what comes after. Kind of like beads on a, on a, on a string. It's like one after the other. We hope one of them's going to grab me. But Bible study, is, it's crucial that we follow the author's flow of thought. How does this verse connect with what came before? How does it connect with what comes after and after and after? Because as you understand the flow of thought, your knowledge grows and deepens. And that's what we're working on with the author's main point and how he persuades us of that main point. So how do we discover an author's main point? It's the third step. And here's some suggestions. First suggestion is use a fairly literal version of the Bible, a fairly literal translation of the Bible. I talked more about that last week. We use the English standard version here. That's what we preach from. So if you have that, that'll be helpful. You'll be able to track right along with us. But you know, paraphrases can be helpful, but, but for study and for memorization, I would encourage you to use a fairly literal translation. Then, if you are going to study a book like First Peter, which we're going to study, start by reading through the whole book, beginning to end. First Peter will take you maybe 20 minutes. And that'll give you an overview of what's happening. And then you want to go through and study it one section at a time. So for this next week, the home groups are going to be studying First Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. During this week, and then next Friday, I'm going to preach on it. 
I'm very excited about watching what God does through us as we do that. So then you've got a passage in front of you, 1 Peter 1, 1 through 9, or whatever the passage is. You want to read that section slowly and notice the clues that the author gives you there to show you what his main point is. Every author, when he or she writes, gives clues so that we see what the main main point is. And different kinds of passages have different kinds of clues. There's two main kinds of passages in the Bible. First of all, there's teaching passages. Teaching passages don't describe events, historical events. Teaching passages give you truths to believe and understand. So a teaching passage would be in a book like Romans. First Peter is all teaching passage. Uh, book of Proverbs is a teaching passage. Psalms are teaching passages in the Old Testament. And in teaching passages, the way you discover the main point is the most obvious way is if there's a command in that passage, that's the main point. Commands are always main points. But if there's no command, then the way to find the main point is to notice words like therefore and synonyms or because and synonyms. Here's how this works. If, if an author says uh, football is the best sport because you know what the main point is. It's what came before the because. The main point is that football is the best sport and then all the reasons for why football is the best sport follow. Does that make sense? So the word because will show you that whatever came before is a main point. Same with the word, or similar with the word therefore. If the author says, da 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 therefore football's the best sport, the therefore shows that what comes immediately after the therefore is the main point, and what came before was reasons for that main point. Does that make sense? This is, I know it's kind of elementary, but it's just so helpful to dial into this. So commands are always main points. If there's no command, then look for words like therefore and words like because, since, those kinds of words. So one kind of passage is teaching passage. The other kind of passage is historical passages. And historical passages are teaching history. Not just giving you truth, but describing events that God brought about in history. This would be like the book of Acts in the New Testament or one of the Gospels or the book of Exodus, for example, right? Now, in historical passages, authors show us main points in a different way. One is by emphasizing certain things about the events that they're describing. So you read through the event and look for what's emphasized. Also by which events are included in the book and then by how those events are connected up with each other. And as you look at that and ponder that, it's not quite as easy as finding a command in the teaching passages, but as you start to think, what is the main point in in these events that are going on here? You'll start to see, oh, this is emphasized, this is emphasized, this is linked up afterwards, and you'll start to see what the main points are. Now, 1 Peter is a teaching passage. 2 Timothy 3, which we're studying this morning, is a teaching passage. So that's, we're gonna use the teaching passage approach, looking for commands, noticing therefores and fors. So, with all of that, what's the main point of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 17? Let's read that passage slowly. I'll read it. And you circle in your Bibles um, any hints that you see that would point to something that the author is saying that would make it a main point. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. 
Paul says he's writing to Timothy, who's an elder at the church in Ephesus. He says, but as for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Okay, is this a teaching passage or an historical passage? Teaching passage, right? No events here, teaching. So we should especially be on the lookout for commands because any command would be a main point. And notice that right there in verse 14, did you see the command in verse 14? Underline the word continue, okay? But as for you, continue. Timothy, I want you to continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed. And we know what Paul's referring to because in verse 15, he calls what Timothy has known and firmly believed the sacred writings, which is the scriptures of the Old Testament. Timothy didn't have a New Testament yet. New Testament was being written. Second Timothy's part of the New Testament. So especially, Paul's here focusing on the Old Testament. Timothy, continue, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed. Continue in the scriptures. Now, are there any other commands in verses 14 through 17? I didn't see any others, okay? I hope nobody else did either, because that'd be, anyway, no. So one command, continue in what you've learned and have, and, uh, and have firmly believed. Now, let's just linger there. My father likes to say that you can, t- you can know you've understood something when you can explain it to a 10-year-old in your own words. So we want to put that command in our own words. If we just kind of repeat back, continue in this, we may not really understand what Paul's saying, so let's put that in our own words. So I, I try to do it like this. Imagine that you were studying engineering and you had a big engineering book that you were studying, full of all kinds of engineering formulas and explanations, this big, thick tome, this big engineering book. Now, if I told you, continue in that engineering book, what would I be telling you to do? Keep reading it, right? Keep studying it. Maybe memorize some of the formulas that are in it. Review what you've already learned. Keep learning more. Keep thinking about what's in this engineering book, right? Very simple. So that's what Paul is saying here. Continue in the scriptures, which means keep reading the scriptures. Keep studying the scriptures. Memorize especially important parts of the scriptures. Review what you've already learned. Keep thinking about what's in the scriptures. That's what it means to continue in the scriptures. So that's what it would mean to continue in the sacred writings, continue in what Timothy has learned and has firmly believed. And now everything else in this passage is either going to give a reason for why Timothy should do that or it's going to explain what Paul means by doing that. Everything else is either a reason or an explanation. So let's work on understanding, this is the next part on the blue sheet there, work on understanding how every part of the passage argues for or explains the main point. So we've discovered the main point. Are we, is that clear? Do we, do we all see how we got that main point? 
It's a command, it's right there, I hope that's clear to you. Now, how does the rest of the passage support or explain the main point? And to answer that, let's read all of verse 14. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. And Paul wants Timothy to remember who taught him the Bible. Now, there's no therefore there, there's no because there. Is that, is that a reason or is that an explanation? You can have reasons with no therefores or becauses, and the only way to find out if it's a reason or explanation is just to try it out and see which one seems to fit the best. So if, if this is explaining the main point, then what Paul is saying is, study the Bible, and what I mean by that is remember who taught the Bible to you. Does that work? It really doesn't if you think about it. If I say study the Bible, and what I mean by studying the Bible is remember who taught you the Bible, uh, no, that doesn't work as an explanation. It works much better as a reason. Study the Bible because you remember who taught you the Bible. Now, how is that a reason? How would remembering who taught Timothy the Bible motivate him to study the Bible? We know from previous verses in 2 Timothy that Timothy was taught the Bible by Lois, his grandmother, and by Eunice, his mother, and by Paul himself. And five verses earlier, Paul tells Timothy, remember my conduct, remember my love, remember my steadfastness, remember my patience, my endurance. Timothy, remember the kind of life that I lived. And I think that's Paul's point here. When he says, Timothy, remember who taught you the Bible, he's saying, Timothy, remember what your grandmother was like. Remember what your mother was like. Remember what I, Paul, have lived before you. Because what this will show you is that the Word of God is not just a dusty, dry, dead book. The Word of God is powerful. And when people read the Scriptures and pray over the Scriptures and meditate on the Scriptures, their lives get changed. Jesus said, when you abide in the Word, you will know the truth, and the truth will what? Set you free from sin is the point in that passage. We've all been enslaved to sin, and the truth of God's Word, empowered by the Holy Spirit, will set us free. Chains will fall off. Cell doors will swing open. Lives will be changed. I mean, no one is as loving as men and women who read and love and meditate on and pray over the scriptures. No one is as strong in trials as those who read the scriptures. No one is as forgiving to their enemies as those who read the scriptures. Paul is saying, Timothy, the word of God will transform you just as it has transformed those who've taught you. So continue in the word of God and it will continue to transform you. Do you see how that works as a reason? Love this. It's been very powerful to think about this week. So I hope that stirs you. Timothy, study the Bible because just as God's word transformed others, it will also transform you. I would guess some of you here this morning, you've got an area of, of sin in your life that just grieves you. And you've been battling this maybe for years. And I want to tell you, there is power in the word of God. And as you open up the scriptures, and as you pray, and as you say, Lord, open my eyes, set me free, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Get some brothers around you to pray, sisters around you to pray, 
you know, you're, you're pondering, you're memorizing, but I tell you, there is hope for you, there's hope for me, there's hope for each of us, because just as God's word has transformed others, so it will transform you, so therefore continue in reading the scriptures. Is that right? Yes. Okay, that's the first reason. That's one reason Paul gives Timothy. So then what happens next? Where does Paul go next? Verse 15. Start with verse 14 just to, again, get the flow of thought. But as for you, continue in what you've learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and something else you need to be knowing, and knowing how from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Now, is verse 15 an explanation of what it means to continue in the scriptures? Or is it a reason for why Timothy should continue in the scriptures? Again, I just couldn't make sense of taking that as an explanation. Um, if he's saying, study the scriptures because you remember how from childhood, no, I'm sorry. If he says, study the scriptures, and what I mean by that is remember how from childhood the scriptures gave you wisdom to salvation. I mean, maybe there's some way to make that work, but I find much more help in taking this as a reason. Study the scriptures, Timothy, because you remember that from childhood it has made you wise for salvation. From a long time ago, Timothy, when you first came to Christ as a result of seeing the truth of the scriptures, and as your assurance of salvation grew the more you knew the scriptures, and as your experience of salvation grew as you meditated upon the scriptures, Timothy, from childhood, the scriptures have made you wise for salvation, so keep studying it. Keep studying it. See how that works as a reason? Now let's let that sink in a little bit more. Notice that phrase, sacred writings. That's a beautiful description of the scriptures, which isn't used very often, but it is used by Paul here. That word sacred means that these scriptures are holy. They are from God. They are like no other book. This is the sacred scriptures, the holy Bible. And not only is the Bible the sacred writings, but the sacred writings of the Bible make us wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Now think about how important that is. How important is it to be wise for salvation? I mean, Jan and I were at Borders Bookstore at, at Yaz Mall a few weeks ago. Love going into, into bookstores. And uh, so all these different books there. There are books that would make you wise for cooking right? Books that make you wise for exercise, books that make you wise for investing, all kinds of different things that would make you different topics. But think about that. As important as cooking or investing or exercising might be, cooking, exercising, investing, being wise for those things can't bring you God's forgiveness, can't reconcile you to God can't save you from God's judgment forever, can't bring you into the joy of knowing your creator. As important as those other wisdoms might be, they are nothing compared to the importance of being wise for salvation. See, you are not here by accident. 
You're not just sitting here in this room living, breathing because of some mutations or electrochemical actions and reactions that took place over billions of years and all of a sudden, bim, you know, boop, poof, boom, whatever, here you are. You're here because God created you. God chose to create you. God wanted you to be here on earth so that you could have the joy of knowing him. So, you could sh so he could share with you the joy that he has in his perfections. He wanted you to have your heart filled with the joy of knowing him, worshiping him, loving him. That's why you're here on planet earth. But the problem is we've all turned our backs on God and decided we wanted to live independently of God. And because God is just, he has to punish sin. That's what the Bible calls sin. And so all of us have been under God's judgment. We are cut off from God. We've been cut off from God now in this life, and we, we have faced God's judgment forever. That's why it is so important that we become wise for salvation. There is salvation available. How do you get that? How do you experience salvation? How do we be saved? Through the scriptures. Because the scriptures teach us that we become wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. God loves us, cares for us, sent Jesus to die on the cross, to be punished in the place of all those who would put their trust in him. We become wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And so when you put your trust in Jesus Christ, all your sins are forgiven. Jesus' power comes into you and starts to change you and God pours his love into your hearts and for the first time you experience the joy you've been looking for and longing for all your life, the joy of knowing God. That all happens when you put your trust in Jesus Christ. You've been saved. His power goes to work, starts to change you. You are completely forgiven for all your sins. You know God now and you know for sure that you're gonna be in heaven forever. The scriptures make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So think about it like this. Imagine that you are out in the Leewood Desert, uh, not in January. Let's, let's take August, okay? Little difference there. Out in the Leewood Desert, dune bashing all by yourself. Not a good idea, but there you are. And your car breaks, and there's no cell reception where you are, and you have no water with you, and you're in big trouble. Can you feel that? And you are thirsty, 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 thirsty. Now, someone, right before you left, someone handed you a book. And they said, this book, if you'll read it, it will provide you instant water. Wherever you are, whenever you are, read this book, understand this book, it'll provide you instant water. So you look over at the passenger seat, there's that book sitting there. Now, here's the question. Would you read the book? Oh, yes, somebody said. Would you study the book? What if parts of it were a little bit hard to understand? Would you work on understanding it? I think you would. You want water. You are desperate for water, and that book guarantees that you'll provide water. Now, as important as water would be in that situation, that is nothing compared to how important salvation is to us. Every human being needs salvation. God has sent Jesus to provide salvation. God invites every human being, turn, trust Jesus, you'll be completely forgiven. That's the invitation that goes out to everyone. And so this book is infinitely more important than that water book out in the Leewood Desert because this book gives you something that's far more important than water, even during August, even in the Leewood Desert. This book makes you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus.
So that's this book. How have you viewed this book up to this point? Has it just been sitting up in your shelf? A lot of dust on it? Do you, do you, do you have a Bible? I mean, do, you, do you read it? Is, it? is it a part of the rhythm of your life? Give me more wisdom, more wisdom in seeing, understanding your beautiful salvation. I want to grow in my wisdom about salvation, my experience of your salvation. Give me more. What role does the Bible play in your life? I hope you will see that this is of infinite importance to you, and that's an understatement. I couldn't state it as highly as it is because we're talking about eternity here, and God has given you the scriptures to make you wise for salvation. You have the Bible. You have the scriptures. You have what you need to be wise for salvation. Therefore, Timothy, continue in the scriptures. Do you see how that works? Very powerful. So that's verse 15. Now what happens next, verses 16 and 17? Let's read these two verses and see what is going on here. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Kagan, is this an explanation or is this a reason? So he's saying, Timothy, keep studying the Bible. And what I mean by that is that scripture is breathed out by God and equips us for everything we need. That just didn't make a lot of sense to me. I, I, I take it, I think it's a reason. There's no because here, but you could have reasons without becauses. Okay, so I think what Paul is saying is, Timothy, keep studying the scriptures because all scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for these things. Now let's unpack it to see if that makes more sense to you. What does it mean that the Bible is breathed out by God? What does that mean? I think we see a, a, a clue in Psalm 33, verse 6. See if you agree with this. Here the psalmist writes, and he writes two lines, both of which are saying the same thing in different words. He says, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, so back in the book of Genesis, God spoke a word and there was the sun, moon, stars, galaxies, just like that. From nothing to boom, there it was. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made and by the breath of his mouth, all their host. Now that's not a, second, a separate thing from by the word of the Lord. That's another way of saying by the word of the Lord. And the reason is because just like us, this is a metaphor of course, but it's like just like us when God speaks, breath comes out of his mouth. I mean, try an experiment. Okay, put your hand in front of your mouth. Come on, put your hand in front of your mouth and just say something like, hello. Do you feel that? Okay, I tried another experiment. I thought, I thought if, if, you, if you hold your nose and try to make it and, and close your lips and try to make a noise, just notice what happens. See, your cheeks blow up. And see, that proves it. You, you can't make any noises without breath. Pretty good, huh? Okay, science happening right here before your eyes. Okay, so, and that's what Paul means when he says all scripture is, is breathed out by God. He's saying that the scriptures are God's very words. Yes, they're the words of men. Paul wrote 2 Timothy, but God worked so that Paul's words were God's words. 
which means that in this book, we have the very words of God. That is powerful to stop and think about. This is the, the very words of God. Think about it like this. What, what if an archaeologist uh, discovered a book and reported that this book, it's, it, it's, it was written by God? Our creator has given us a book. Our creator has communicated to us. He's told us like what's going on, like why we're here, what's, what's wrong with the world, what needs to happen. God has given us a book. You'd be interested in reading it, wouldn't you? And of course, you know where I'm going with this. This is the book. This is that book. Our creator, God, has given us a book with his words. This is from our creator himself. And, and you have one. I do too, right? And you can read it whenever you want to. And there's nothing, nothing more important than reading what God says to us, understanding what God says to us, trusting what God says to us in his word. Nothing more important. And, and so because this is the the, the breathings of God, the very words of God, which means it's perfectly true because God is perfectly true. Therefore, Paul goes on, because the Bible is God's perfectly true words, it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So Paul is saying, Timothy, keep studying the Bible because it is God's very words which will equip us with everything we need for this life and for the life to come. Keep reading God's words. Keep reading the scriptures because it is the perfectly true words of God which will equip us for everything we face in, in this life and in the life to come. If you have a car, every car comes with an instruction manual, right? Have you ever read yours? Okay. Instruction manuals are helpful, like what kind of gas to put in, you know, how to recline the seats, how to get the air conditioner working, how to start the car, those kinds of things. Instruction manuals are, are helpful. And, and God has given us the Bible as an instruction manual for our lives. Our creator has given us the book to understand our lives, why we're here, what this is about, how to run this thing. This is what the, the Bible is, instruction manual for our lives. It helps us to deal with every problem we face in this life, and it prepares us for the life to come. He's given you an instruction manual. Now, a lot of people just keep that instruction manual in the glove compartment, in the car, right? But imagine what, what happens if you do that. I mean, you go to the gas station, need to get some petrol or fuel, whatever you, you call it, and uh, if your car is supposed to run on gasoline and you, you put diesel in it, that's not a good thing. I, I Googled it yesterday, and, and what's going to happen if you put diesel in a regular car is not only will your car not run, but you could ruin your engine, how much more serious if we ignore God's instruction manual for who we are, why we're here, who is he, why has he created us, what's wrong with the world? We all know something is desperately wrong with the world. What is it? What has God done to save us? And what can we do to have salvation? We, we put our trust in Jesus Christ. We become wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ, as the previous verse said. But this is absolutely crucial. We must continue in the Bible because the Bible is the perfectly true words of God which will equip us for every situation we'll ever face in this life and in the life to come. 
this book, which, which you're holding in your hands. Okay, so do you see where we've gone so far this morning? We, we've walked through this. We found the main point. Continue in the scriptures, Timothy. And then we've seen reasons that are given. And so at this point, we've got a pretty good handle on this passage. There's more we could study. We could think more deeply about each of these things, but we've got a good sense of Paul's flow of thought. Main point, and then three reasons that Paul gives here. So the next step on the blue sheet is to explain in your own words the main point and how the rest of the passage supports the main point or explains the main point. Now, I've already tried to do that while I I walked through, but let me just summarize again. What is the main point? Study the Bible. Continue in studying the Bible. So that would be Paul's command, not just to Timothy, but to us. If Paul was standing before you today, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, speaking to you God's words, he would say, continue in studying the Bible. That's what he would say directly to you. Continue in studying the Bible. What things are in your schedule that are taking time away that could be more profitably be spent studying the Bible? What things distract you from studying the Bible? Is a rhythm of your life studying, reading, memorizing, meditating upon, learning the Bible? Paul doesn't just call you to go to church where the Bible's taught. Paul calls you, Paul calls all of us to study the scriptures for ourselves. Do you feel the weight of that command and then are you persuaded by the reasons? Here's the reasons he gives us. First, because just as God's word has transformed others, so God's word will transform you. A year from now, you will be a better person for having soaked yourself in the scriptures this year. Your faith in Christ will be stronger. Your assurance of salvation will be more real. Your steadfastness through trials and temptations will be richer. Oh, so many ways. That's the first reason. Just as God's word transformed others, it will also transform you. Second reason is because this book will make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Are you trusting Christ Jesus this morning? Do you have faith in Jesus Christ? Are you turning from sin and and leaning on Jesus, relying on Jesus, not trying to make yourself good enough to be accepted by God? We cannot do that. That is hopeless. This book is very clear on that point. But are you trusting Jesus, his death on the cross to pay for your sins, his perfect righteousness to, to clothe you, and that becomes yours by faith alone, in Christ alone? Are you trusting Jesus? This book makes you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. And if you're not trusting Jesus yet, today, trust him. I mean, look at the love and the beauty of God that we've seen in this passage, a God who gives us a book which will make us wise for salvation. He doesn't hide. He doesn't say, read chicken gizzards and try to figure it out. He gives us a book to read. Just You open up the book and you start reading, and this is God's very words, plain as day, make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. So trust Jesus. Read the scriptures. Trust him today. Oh, turn from your sin and trust Christ. I long for that for you. That's the second reason. It'll make us wise for salvation. And then third reason, because it's God's very words which equip us with everything we need for this life and the life to come. This book will equip you with everything you need. Everything you need for this life and for the life to come. Powerful, 
passage. Now, the last step on the blue sheet is that we apply what we've learned. We want to ask, what is God calling me to believe? What is he calling me to desire? What is he calling me to do? And here, God's calling us to do something. Very simple, keep studying the Bible. Keep studying the Bible. And, and here's how I want to, want to close. I want to read you what John Wesley said about the Bible. Who was John Wesley? John Wesley uh, founded the Methodist Church. He preached through the United Kingdom in the 1700s and historians say changed the face of, of England and the surrounding areas. England before the 1700s was profoundly changed profoundly different from England in the late 1700s, and one of the reasons was because of John Wesley's preaching of the good news of Jesus Christ throughout the UK. But here's what he said about the Bible. He said, I am just a creature of a day, passing through life as quickly as an arrow through the air. It's how long or how short life is. Passing through life as quickly as an arrow through the air. In just a few moments, I will drop into an unchangeable eternity. That's true of you too. Each of us, in a few moments, we will drop into an unchangeable eternity. I want to know one thing. The way to heaven. How to land safe on that happy shore. It's all that matters. The way to heaven. God himself has come down from heaven to teach us the way. He has written it down in a book. Oh, give me that book. At any price, give me the book of God. Let me be a man of one book. I want to know one thing the way to heaven, how to land safe on that happy shore. He's given you a book. Let's keep studying. Let's stand. I want to pray for us. I pray, first of all, Father, for any, anyone here who has not yet experienced salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. That they would see your love in sending Jesus, your love in giving us a book, your love in making the way of salvation clear, and that they would turn from their sin and put their trust in Jesus Christ to forgive them, to change them, to satisfy them in himself, Lord, that they would trust Jesus right now. Come and pour that out upon anyone here who's not yet experienced salvation, I pray. And I pray, Lord, for those here who are already trusting Christ and are experiencing salvation. Lord, stir us right now by your Spirit. How do you want us to grow in studying the Scriptures? How do you want us to increase in reading your Word? What time wasters can we take out of our schedule? How can we use our time more effectively so we can get more time in this book that will make us wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus? Lord, right now, by your Spirit, be stirring us with what you're calling us to do, how you're calling us to study, how you're calling us to read, 
right now by your spirit, Lord. We want to say yes to you, Lord. Thank you for the Bible. Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for a book which explains what Jesus did and who he is and what he will do for us. We thank you. And God, stir our hearts right now with what you're calling us to do in studying your word. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.